Ashley Brock, reading Dolores Fawson's book, Dade, Chapter 5. Dade listened to Grayson's latest request and silently cursed. Yeah, this was going to be fun. He snapped his phone shut, dropped it on the console, console between Kayla and himself, and continued the drive to the safe house. We need your fingerprints so we can compare them to those on the cell we found in your foyer. Dade relayed to her. He whispered so he wouldn't wake Robbie. Both the baby and the nanny Connie were asleep in the back seat of the SUV, and Dade wanted it to stay that way. They were less than ten minutes from the safe house, both clearly exhausted, and he'd have to wake them soon enough. When Kayla didn't answer, Dade glanced at her. She was leaning against the window. Her attention fastened to the side mirror, no doubt looking for another gunman who might try to follow them. Dade had done the same thing since he started the half-hour drive from her estate to the old Wellman ranch and had thankfully seen nothing but a coyote and a deer on the narrow country road. Fingerprints, she mumbled. I have a juvenile record. You can probably get them from that. A juvenile record? Dade hadn't meant to sound shocked, but he was. I was fifteen and stupid and I went for a joyride with a boy. Didn't know he was driving a stolen car. When the cops stopped us, he told them we stole the car together. All right, you just think about that a moment. I'm surprised a rich girl like you couldn't hire a good lawyer and get the charges thrown out. Dade hadn't meant it to sound so callous, but he had seen it happen too many times. She gave him a look that could have frozen hell. You know nothing about me. Nothing. That was true. Till tonight, Kayla had been the woman married to the mob, the daughter-in-law of a slimebag killer. And now she was Dade's responsibility, among other things. She was also a woman, and he kept noticing that. Like now, for instance, even though she was giving him that hell-freezing look, he could also see the fear and the weariness. Oh, in her hot body. He didn't want to think for one minute that it played into this, but he was afraid it did. So did that little baby sleeping in the car seat behind him. Dade might have been a bad boy with a badass reputation. That kid had merely turned him to mush when he reached for Dade in the foyer. The kid had something his mom didn't. Complete trust that Dade would take care of him. My fingerprints will be on the phone, she reminded him, because it belongs to me. Yeah, but Kenneth shouldn't be on it, should they? No, she paused a minute. I've been looking for my cell right before you arrived, and I just asked Kenneth if he'd seen it. He said no. Well, that was a start. So if his prints are on it, then it can mean he was in on the attack. Kayla shook her head before he even finished. That doesn't make sense either. If the government hired had called my cell and Kenneth had the phone on him, I think I would have heard it. Maybe it rang when you were upstairs with your son. Maybe Kenneth hadn't wanted her to hear it because he wanted to set Kayla up to make her look guilty. She looked at her. She shook her head. If Kenneth and the gunman were both working for Charles, then why didn't Kenneth just kill me before you arrived? He had plenty of chances, and then why would the gunman have killed a fellow hired gun? They didn't have an answer to her questions, but he hoped to remedy that soon. His laptop was in his bag, and he intended to spend most of the night working. They get the dead gunman's name is Raymond Solvetti. They told her. Ring any bells? She sat up straighter in the seat and repeated it several times. No. He has a record? Oh, yeah. That's why Grayson was able to make such a quick ID. Caleb blew out a long breath. Did you connect him to Charles? Not yet. And maybe never, because Brennan would have known there was, there was 
potentially for the hired gun to be caught. He could have hidden the paper trail that would connect him to a possible, possible killer, so that didn't mean they couldn't link Brennan to the dead bodyguard or to Danny Flynn, the other man the gunman had phoned. Flynn hadn't been at his residence when SAPT had checked, but his name and picture had been sent out to law enforcement agencies throughout the state. Plus, Kayla could recognize the moron if he showed up. They took the final turn down the ranch road and drove the last quarter of a mile to the house. He watched Kayla as she took in the place. It didn't take her long because there wasn't much to see. A simple wood-framed house and two barns surrounded by acres of pasture and trees. There was no livestock, no other people, and there hadn't been since Pete Wilman died three years ago. He'd had no heirs, so Grayson had bought the place as an investment. Wait here a second. Date order, he brought the SUV to a stop directly in front of the porch and the front door. Mason had already been out to put things in order, but Dade wanted to be sure. He got out, went to the front door, and unlocked it. Dade was pleased to hear the security alarm kick on. He disarmed it temporarily and did a walkthrough. A living-dining combination, a kitchen, three bedrooms, two baths, tight quarters, especially because Kayla had a unique way of reminding him that she was around. When Dade was satisfied that the house was indeed safe, he went back to the SUV to grab the suitcases. There were five total, and by the time he got them all inside and in place, a drowsy-looking Connie had already taken Robbie to the room that Kayla and the baby would share. Dade's room was in the middle, not by accident either. He wanted to be able to hear if anything went wrong. Once they were all inside, they didn't waste any time resetting the security system. He was certain they hadn't been followed, but he didn't want any surprise visitors in the middle of the night, just in case he left on his shoulder holstering gun. Does the bandage on your arm need to be checked? Kayla asked. Dade was in the process of removing his jacket and wincing. That's probably what had prompted her question. No, it's fine. He slathered the wound with antibacteria cream and bandaged it at the sheriff's office when they stopped to pick up the SUV and other equipment. Kayla stared at him as if she might challenge him and then fluttered her fingers toward the bathroom. I need to take a shower. And with that, she walked away. Dade watched her. In fact, he couldn't make himself look away. Well, until she glanced over her shoulder at him, then his attention flew to the bag he'd put next to the sofa. Time to get his mind on the investigation and off Kayla's backside. Man, the woman had some curves. They grab, grabbed a soda from the fridge that Mason had stocked, took out his laptop, and sank onto the sofa. There were already emails and reports about the shooting. Of course, with two dead bodies, there would be a lot more to follow. He fired off an email to Grayson to let him know about Kayla's juvenile record and the possibility of getting fingerprints from that. Grayson answered almost immediately with a thanks. Dade scanned through the rest of the reports until he got to an attachment with Kayla's name. It was the file with everything Grayson and the San Antonio police had gathered on her. Because Kayla and he would be joined at the hip for the next few days, Dade opened it so he could find out more about this woman who had his body zinging. Kayla Wallace Brennan was 31, four years younger than him, Born in Houston, parents divorced when she was a kid, one sister, Misty, Kayla Mary Preston Brennan, when she was barely 24, and their marriage had lasted nearly six years. Six years was a long time to be under the influence of a mob family. 
A woman can pick up all kinds of nasty habits. Dade scrolled down, scrolled down, and his fingers froze on the keys. They were pictures of Kayla, not the cool, rich ice queen with a great butt. There were police photos taken three years ago. Her hair had been pulled back, no makeup, and the camera had globbed up a dozen or more images of the bruises on her face and upper body. Her right eye was practically swollen shut. Her bottom lip busted open. They got a rock-hard knot in his stomach. He skimmed through the report that followed the pictures, and that knot in his stomach tightened. Kayla hadn't been mugged. According to the report, her husband, Preston, had done this during a domestic dispute. A day later, Kayla dropped the charges. Hell's bells. They had seen that before, but he hadn't thought this had gone on with Kayla. That stomach knot quickly turned to raw anger. Preston had been a big guy muscles on top of muscles, and he used his wife for a punching bag. Nate cursed some more, and then nearly jumped out of his skin when he heard the sound. A loud thump. He came off the sofa, sofa drew his gun, and hurried in the direction of the sound. Dade braced himself to fe come face to face with a gunman, or maybe even Charles Brennan. But it was a naked Kayla against the wall. Okay, she wasn't naked exactly. She had on a silky white bathrobe that had shimmied off her shoulder all the way to the top of her breast. And it was that naked part of her that grabbed his attention more than the clothed parts. I slipped, she mumbled, and quickly righted the bathrobe. No more pecks at her. Peeks at her breasts in the tattoo. My legs are like jelly. They'd understood that. He suddenly felt a little wobbly, too, and aroused, something he quickly pushed aside, but he did reholster his gun and catch onto her arm to steady her. It's the adrenaline crash. He let her know, you should probably try to sleep it off. She nodded, raked her hair from her face. I just need a drink of water first. Kayla eased out of his grip and stepped around him. At least she tried, but the hall was narrow, and they brushed against each other despite their efforts to avoid one another. Heck, she might as well have kissed him, because that's, that's the punch she felt in his body. They'd put some distance between them and followed her, best to get back to work. But he didn't succeed with that either, because Kayla suddenly froze. Her tension nifted right to the photos on his computer screen. She made a sound, something small and helpless that came deep from within her throat. It was a split-second response before she stilled up again. Why are you looking at those? She asked, but her voice wasn't nearly as steely as she was trying to appear to be. I was going through your files. And they'd left it at that. It seemed a sick violation of her privacy. But those photos told him more about Kayla than he ever wanted to know. She swallowed hard and went to the fridge to get a bottle of water. She got some down as her throat were parched. Preston had a mean streak, she mumbled. Yeah, and even though it was stupid, they'd wish the mean streak Morn was still around, so he beat him to a pulp. So why did you stay with him? They'd asked before he could stop himself. Her forehead bunched up and the corner of her mouth lifted. A dry half-smile. What you really want to know is why I let him do that to me. She drew in her breath. Because at first I loved him. I thought he would change. And then I began to believe I deserved to be hurt. Even though it pulled out his arm wound, Dave put his hands on his hips. You thought you deserved that? He didn't wait for her to answer. Because you didn't. No woman deserves it. She nodded. Hesitated, then nodded again. I figured that out eventually. 
who was in the process of filing for divorce when he was killed in that car accident. Again, Dade had to adjust everything he knew about this woman. Here she'd been a battered wife, pregnant, and yet she planned a divorce man who would have likely tried to kill her. I'm sorry he did that to you. Real sorry, Dade mumbled. She tried to shrug and then blinked hard, the tears right there, threatening to spill. He debated if he should do anything, but his feet started toward her before the debate even had a chance. Kayla whispered a soft no when Dade reached out, but she didn't step back, and that made it easy for him to ease his good arm around her and inch her to him. She went bored stiff, but still didn't move to stop him. This isn't a good idea, she reminded him, even though she was stiffing back, sniffling back tears. Yeah, I don't always lean toward the good idea approach. I'm more of a go-with-your-gut kind of guy. And with that, he pulled her to him. I don't want your sympathy, Kayla insisted, still sniffling. Okay, because I'm also not good with that. This is just a little human kindness, that's all. You've been to hell and back, and I'm guessing that started a long time before today, before those pictures were taken. That sounds like sympathy to me, she complained. They didn't argue, and he didn't let go either. Then we'll strike a deal. We can still dislike each other. Heck, it can border on hate. I won't give you any sympathy, but we'll call a truce. She made a sound of disagreement, and he's back, so they made eye contact. A truce that involves hugs? Now she stepped back, but that didn't seem to make her any happier. I'm very vulnerable right now. I'm scared, and I have a horrible knack for aligning myself with the worst person possible. Dade cocked his head to the side. You're talking about Preston now, or me. She froze a moment. You? Preston can't hurt me anymore, but you? Well, you can. And he instantly knew she wasn't talking about physical violence. He had never hit a woman, and if he got his hands on Kayla, the last thing he wanted to do is hit her. I would be a mistake, he said. But he didn't say it under his breath as he intended. It was plenty loud enough for her to hear. The corner of her mouth lifted just a fraction, then lowered just as quickly. The worst kind. Yeah, he was in trouble. The size of Texas here. Because now, they weren't indirectly talking about something beyond truces in protective custody. They were talking about this damned attraction. Insects. Dakers. I wish the hell I hadn't seen your tattoo. Or those pictures on the computer. And while he was at it, he wished her scent would stop sliding through him. She smelled like a fairy princess, all flowery and soft. A smile barely touched her lips. The tattoo is a relic from my youth, and I wish you hadn't seen it either. That was what she was saying, but her eyes were warm now, not the wild spicy blue. This was more like the color of the sky, calmer, welcoming. She opened her mouth, closed it, then motioned toward the hall. Good night, Dade. He didn't argue. He already said enough stupid things, and if she stayed there, would only be a greater opportunity for more stupidity. However, she only made it one step before Dade's phone rang. It's Grayson. He said, glancing at the screen, Dade answered it and hoped like the devil this call was good news. Any good news would do. Thanks for the email about Miss Brennan's juvenile record. Grayson started. Her prints were there, and we were able to do a quick comparison. It's her prints on the cell, and the account is in her name. It was exactly as they expected, and it certainly didn't make her guilty of anything other than owning a cell phone. Any other prints? 
they didn't exactly pray that there would be, but he considered it. Yes, matches. Grayson let him know. Nothing we can match. Damn. Not good news, because the phone was pretty much a dead end. If Kenneth had indeed had the cell when the gunman called, then that was a secret that Kenneth had taken to his grave. They'd locked eyes with Kayla, who was hanging on to his every word. What about the dead gunman's cell? Anything on it that'll help? He asked Grayson. No breaks there. We're still looking for Danny Flint, but we did locate the other person the gunman called. Ms. D. Wallace. Dade questioned, and that drew Kayla's full attention. She walked closer, and Dade went ahead and put the call on speaker. Yeah, yeah. San Antonio PD picked Misty up about 20 minutes ago. Grayson let Dade know. S.A.P.D. That meant his twin, Nate, had likely been involved in that pickup. Dade hated that Nate had to be part of this. But of course he would be. Brennan was possibly the man who murdered Nate's wife. There was no way his brother would step back from this investigation. Nate will bring Misty here tomorrow morning so we can question her, Grayson added. Kayla's fingers were trembling when she touched them to her mouth. Is Misty talking? Dade immediately asked. Not to SAPD, but says she'll talk to us, and she has a message for her sister. Misty wants you to tell her that she's sorry. Sorry about what? Kayla said under her breath. It wasn't very loud, but apparently loud enough for Grayson to hear. Grayson grumbled something under his breath, too. She wouldn't say, but I intend to find out. End of chapter 5.